Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. Benjamin John Power, better known as Blank Mass, has always told stories with his music, though those narratives have never been fixed across his career. After his pioneering noise duo Fuck Buttons went on hiatus, Power emerged as a techno producer with a dark ambient heart, going on to pull from every genre, from death metal to 70s kraut rock, pop, and sound collage. Across six albums, Blank Mass's mutable sound has been unified by its ability to travel from your ears to behind your retinas, sparking up vivid imagery. It's little surprise then that Power has journeyed into the world of film scores. Ted K, the second film that Power has scored as Blank Mass, is the new biopic on Ted Kaczynski, commonly known as the Unabomber. Director Tony Stone's film takes a near first-person perspective on Kaczynski's evolution, from hermit to terrorist. And its sound design takes an unsettling and thoroughly convincing dive into Kaczynski's fast deteriorating state of mind. It's something of a gift for an artist like Power, who's given the chance to flex his experimental muscles and makes the most of it. A week before the film's soundtrack was released, The Fader's Jordan Darville spoke with Power about how pandemic isolation informed his score, the necessary sensitivity for making a film about a real-life monster, and his favorite film composers. Blank Mass, thank you for joining us today on The Fader interview. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes, all good. It's a little grey where I am here in Edinburgh today, but you know, that's the way it goes. So you've been keeping up quite a prolific streak over the past few years. Has that taken your mind away from the the usually grey Edinburgh seasons? Well, yes. I mean, (laughs) I've become somewhat of something of a hermit over the past couple of years. Historically, I'm used to touring most of the year and then, you know, writing a new Black Mass proper studio album within the time that I have in between. And, you know, that's all kind of gone out the window for the time being. So I actually kind of feel um, lucky that this um, new world has opened up to me and I'm in a position to be able to take advantage of that. So, yes, absolutely. When you have a new Black Mass studio album in mind, if you're not able to tour it, do you like immediately put it to the side and try and focus on different projects like these film soundtracks? I, I tend to juggle quite a lot anyway. Um, I, I tend to be working on, you know, maybe three or so projects at any given point in one way or another. So everything has to kind of like uh, not take a back seat, but just uh, take a take a sidestep from time to time. You know, it, 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 everything does to a certain degree, whereas, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, there has been a Blank Moss proper, you know, studio album, but um, the scoring work has taken precedent, I would say. So, yes, yeah, some, some things do need to take um, a little sidestep, but it's not to say that I've um, disregarded that rung, if you know what I mean. It's just something that hasn't been as simple to be able to do for obvious global reasons. And um, I'm ready for it, but I'm also enjoying what's happening. For for me, personally, <laughs> I'm certainly not enjoying everything else that's going on. Please don't get me wrong there. <laughs> um, you know, yes. On a, on, a, on a personal level, I would say. Work-wise, bloody hell. So tell me about how you came into Ted K and that production. I actually received a, an email from um, Melissa Aftermauer, who is 
the who she she is um the director's partner and also the producer on Ted K and you know I I had played her festival Basilica just outside of New York a couple of you know I, I played it once and you know we met and you know being part of that kind of group and collective we had a relationship anyway and you know this happened right at the beginning of lockdown I, I received this email from Melissa you know asking if scoring was something that I would be interested in and you know it, it just so happened that I had already started to work within that world so yeah so it, it was it was natural and it came straight to me direct from source and you know <laughs> yeah now was your work on Ted K this is a biopic on a real person and your first full-length score for calm with horses of course is a fictional tale now did that difference make any any changes to how you approach scoring ted k i i i mean obviously there are um concerns with the subject matter you know i mean this is a murderer who is still alive and the, these things happen so of course the subject matter is sensitive but i i would say that the um parallels between Ted Kay and Calm With Horses is the fact that, first and foremost, you're trying to get inside somebody's head and try and convey, for better or for worse, what they might be feeling during these um, things that happen. Being able to inhabit that space is something that I find interesting and, and, and amazing, you know, the, the opportunity to be able to try and do that and um, say what you think somebody might be feeling sonically and and it's difficult and who's to say that that I got it right you know I, I may not have but I feel uh, I feel that the the outcome is certainly something <laughs> yeah I I feel like in this film the director really allowed your score to inhabit the scenes in a way that's quite unusual the overall sound design for Ted K is quite special I think from your score to the the more quieter moments when he's just by himself. There's a real effort to sonically create this internal tumult that he's feeling. That's really special and that really works very well. And I think your background as a noise musician really helps push that feeling further. Great, yeah, I, I you know, I, I couldn't really ask for more in that sense. I, I feel like I was given a, a certain level of free reign to just kind of have have at it. You know, when we were discussing cues and such, you know, adjectives were thrown around, but you know, um, I think Tony did allow me to tackle these scenes instinctively, which is great. You know, because that obviously opens the gauntlet, so to speak. You can afford to be more broad <laughs> you know if you're not being dictated to exactly this is this is exactly what we need here so there was a lot of experimentation that went into that um you know some cues had so many different versions trying to find that place in a kind of um explorative way was interesting obviously you know you kind of end up stumbling upon things that you might not have necessarily envisioned in the first place that's kind of how i've worked historically really you know never Obviously, with the moving images and accompaniment here, there's a canvas that already exists. But sonically, you know, the canvas was open. You know, it was it was blank. Whereas, you know, historically, I 
that that's the same way that I I work. But you know, the, the a sense of narrative has always been very very prominent in everything that I've ever done. Just there isn't necessarily a moving picture to a company. This is just like the score that I have to to a film that doesn't exist that I have going on in my head. <laughs> you know. Having that collaborative aspect again with people like Nick Roland and people like Tony, you know, is um, it's great, you know, and I've missed that. I don't know if you um, agree with this or not, but I've found that your soundtracks, this one and for Calm of Horses, there are tracks that feel a bit more playful or show a, a more a playful side of Blank Mass than you might see in other full full length Black Mass projects. That might sound kind of weird given Inferno and how different that was to your entire catalog. But, you know, there are tracks like Desecration and Blue Tunnel as well, which kind of gave me like Enya vibes. Glad you said that, yeah. Huge Enya fan. It must feel uh, somewhat liberating to sort of like bring all of these into something that has to be cohesive, but in a different way, perhaps, than other Blank Mass albums. I always appreciate it when you can um, listen to an artist and not, not, you know, not getting ideas above my station here. It's something that I aspire towards. I'm not too sure if I've actually realized it yet. But um, if, if you can still tell it's the same artist within a very, very broad palette stylistically, I feel like that's the first part of the job done as being an artist, you know. So I feel like, yes, and liberating, absolutely, you know. I, I feel like it, it's great to be able to, you know, on, on Ted, uh, Nathan Corbin, director of photography, I mean, I've been familiar with his work for years and years now, you know, back to the day when he was in Acceptor and he's made countless music videos from my friends Hate Rock in Australia and he has such an eye. Every single shot in the film could be a painting. I mean, there's there's such a like wealth of, of content there for someone like me to and in, every single image is so loaded it's like, and so considered. So I think he's a genius, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's so great to be somebody in my position with this already presented to you because, you know, I was presented with most of the, the film finished nearly final picture lock. Just having that, I mean, it's it's like it's like a playground. Do you know what I mean? You, you feel like, you feel like a kid in a playground. It's it, it's it's amazing. You know, where some projects that I've worked on, you know, you start scoring before you've seen any any picture yet. You know, you start to sketch early on to try and like shape the identity of what you know the the aesthetic of the overall aesthetic of the film might be. And I feel like in this instance, I just had it all delivered to my doorstep. You know, <laughs> there are certain moments, like the the few tracks from the soundtrack that I just mentioned, where it does seem like you're pushing the movie and pushing yourself to convey something other than what perhaps the the picture I itself is intending you know i think specifically of the scene in the computer store
I'm not sure if that was a discussion between you and the director, but you know, you can't hear the dialogue for the most part. Um, the sound is overwhelming. Your score is, is just at the very top of the mix. That to me is just like an instance where your own music sort of pushes the movie in a different direction than it might otherwise could have gone. That's interesting. You know, uh, I, I would say that, you know, first and foremost, the, the, the main kind of objective for me was to kind of, um, you know, in, inhabit how Ted Kaczynski might have felt in these situations, as I, as I mentioned before. So the computer storage, very overwhelming, very digital, very abrasive, very in your face, very intrusive. And I felt that that is potentially how you might have experienced that space. Same goes for the the main theme, you know, I mean, in Ted's head, he was a superhero and he was here to save humanity from modern technology. The opening titles there with the snowmobiles, it just screamed Sergio Leone to me, you know, and like the old um, the old spaghetti westerns. And I, and I feel like this is like the main theme is arguably from, again, you know, from Ted Kaczynski's perspective, you know, he is going to battle for the sake of humanity against the evil in technology. Something that I feel that the movie and, and by extension your score does very well in the first half is that it really establishes Ted Kaczynski's antisocial uh, villainous impulses outside of mailing bombs to people. He's a virulent anti-feminist. The way he talks to his mother. Yeah, it's it's sort of like the uh, the prototype for you know the alt right 4chan dweller, which is quite interesting to see, and and also just like very much crucial in establishing the tone of the film, which is quite unsympathetic to what Ted Kaczynski is doing, even if you might agree that, yes, cutting trees down is bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, that, that was a consideration, you know, stepping into that. I felt like that, you know, he's um, he's toxic, you know, as, as a person and, and, you know, to say the least. So I, I, I feel that that was... An interesting and uh, again, you know, very very sensitive. You know, um, when when stepping into that, obviously, you know, being part of a project like this, you don't want to come across as any, as an advocate in in a sense, but also, you know, you want to just convey how somebody might be feeling, you know, in this situation. And now I keep on repeating myself here, but that's you know, I think that's the best I can really do uh, on that front. You know, now I feel like if someone had asked me in in twenty eighteen, or what kind of film a blank mass project would soundtrack, you know, I would have said, you know, science fiction, action, thriller sort of thing. Were you surprised, you know, that your, you know, your first movie was an Irish gangster pick followed by, you know, this, this very intense biopic of an American terrorist? It's interesting. I, you know, historically, I always thought I'm going to do a horror movie first. That's going to be the first thing I do. And, um, Seemingly, all of my projects have been uh, character studies up until this point, which which I do find interesting. You know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm very well equipped, shall we say, 
to score an action movie or a sci-fi movie. And I feel, you know, I, I feel that that time will come, but I also feel that um, I'm finding the complex character study um, quite uh, an interesting space for me at the moment. I, uh, I'm, I'm learning a lot about um, my process here with the subject matter that I've been presented with uh, on, the, on the last couple of things that I've scored. And um, I'm moving forward too, interestingly enough, actually, um, a couple of projects I can't really mention right now, but you will learn about them soon enough. Um, again, in a, in a similar world, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is that um, allows me to be able to access these spaces, but it's a learning curve, that's for sure. Do you find that working on Black Mass music for film soundtracks has given you a new approach or a new perspective on Blank mass music, or even music outside of blank mass that you're doing that isn't for film soundtracks. As I mentioned before, I've always, like narrative has always played a really, really strong part with anything I've done historically. You know, back to early fuck buttons. You know, I feel like, you know, I, I know we live in a world now where if somebody's listening to an album, it might not be listened to in order just because you know. Uh, I feel like, you know, vinyl has obviously seen a resurgence, but, you know, within the past kind of 10 years or so, there's been a slow diversion away from people listening to an album as it was intended by the artist. I've never really bought into that as much. You know, I like to listen to something from start to finish and there needs to be um, journeys and chapters within that. And that that's something that's all, always been very, uh, like, it's always been a consideration for me with any... Um, with any project so in that sense I don't feel like it, it is different to a degree but I feel um, I'm always trying out new things and you know whether that be something that I've tried out while scoring or whether it's something I've tried out whilst just you know making techno here in the studio I don't feel too closed in and you know there have been a couple of times when scoring something that um, I have probably been guilty of thinking well you know now we're a composer now we're not an electronic musician we need to um, maybe consider not hammering everything home too hard not throwing all types of shit at the wall and hope, hoping something sticks um, but you know um, I've learned that when I have done that, the directors usually come back to me and say, well, well no, like, you know, we, we asked you to score this because you're black math, so, you know, fucking do your thing, <laughs> basically, um, which is great, you know. So in terms of this new kind of collaboration that you have with directors, how is that compared to when you were in a band and collaborating with another musician? Well, the difference is like the, the physicality of it, I guess, especially with what's been going on um, over the past couple of years. You know, historically, when I would write with um, Andy and Fuck Buttons, we would we would be in the same room. You almost get a sense of what the other person is thinking when you when you understand like the nuances of how they react to certain situations and certain things that you're trying out and there's the you know there's almost like an unwritten understanding like a like a psychic link to some degree uh you know i could i could tell if something wasn't working for him and vice versa because we you know we, you feed off the energy in the room the difference is here that you know over the last couple of years the scores i've been working on any review of cues has been over the phone or over a zoom also to add another barrier you know with uh tony was in um British Columbia when I was scoring Ted K and there was a big time difference and I would find myself working through the night sometimes because I knew that was when Tony is up and he was going to be able to react to cues and give feedback 
and review and such. So I feel like that maybe had some kind of impact on where my head was at while scoring this. And and I feel, you know, obviously isolation is a huge key concept in the score. And, and I feel like, you know, that probably fed into it as well, you know, very physically. So in a, in a way, I, I guess the situation was serendipitous to a degree with regards to the, the palette and the mindset and the um, process, you know. So I've noticed in both of the films that you've scored, there are these beautiful shots of nature that appear pretty consistently. Obviously, you don't have any any say in, in the, the, the visual aspects of these movies. But I was wondering if perhaps in some sort of roundabout way, nature was an inspiration to the music that you compose as Blank Mass. Nature has been a huge inspiration to me for some time now, you know, part of me moving out to the country. I feel like just for me personally, I understand, you know, growing up in in London and such, when I first started out on my musical path, if you like, there's a great sense of community and, you know, I'd be at a show every single day and, you know, all of my friends played in bands or were, you know, musicians to some some degree that's just how I operated when I lived there you know and now I live out out here in the country I feel like once you kind of get away from for, for me personally and I'm not this is not to say this is the right approach I just feel like it has worked for me you know if when when you take yourself away from the noise uh, and, the, and the sonic busyness that you have in the city it, it is it is inspiring to me because I, I, I feel like it's me making the noise here you know <laughs> I was wondering if you have any specific memories of a single film soundtrack or piece of music from a film that made you realize that these are their own self-contained artistic entities. Um, for me, it was the Clockwork Orange theme by Wendy Carlos. Absolute classic. So for me, I feel like one of the first pieces of music that I can remember as a child is the main theme from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly by Ennio Morricone. I have memories of hearing that um, before even knowing that it was this artistic form, you know, um, before I even knew it was, it was uh, you know, a musical accompaniment to uh, to a movie. I, I didn't know this. I just remember hearing the sonics of it from when I was very, very young. And, you know, it stayed with me ever since. You know, I'm a huge Morricone fan. For me, that that's the one, you know, when, when I when I learned that this is an art form in itself, you know, that happened outside of the moving picture that you have in its first instance, I feel like I always wanted to do this since I was a child for that very reason. So to be able to do this now is it's kind of uh, it's kind of a dream come true, or I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of uh, a golden age, isn't it, for electronic musicians to create these these soundtracks i mean mika levi they're doing amazing amazing work so great 
the hacks and cloak. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 just sort of like a, a wealth of riches. I think it's interesting. It's not for want of trying. I've wanted to be doing this for a good a good time, you know. And obviously, um, I've had a career in music for coming close to twenty years now. I have a sneaking suspicion that's because a lot of the producers that are coming, producers and directors that are coming out now and you know putting out interesting stuff now. Other people that listen to Fuck Buttons and The Hacks and Cloak and One of Tricks Point Never when they were kids. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like now is the time that it's kind of happening for, for all of us, for all of us lot. Um, and that's the only real reason that I can think of. I think it's super exciting. Do you have any any soundtracks by some of your contemporaries that immediately come to mind that you're like, yes, that was that was really something special? I just received one actually in the post yesterday. Uh, this film that Boy Harsher have done, which I've not seen yet, The Runner. Oh yes. Yeah. Did you see this? I've listened to the soundtrack, but I haven't seen the film. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same here. I mean, I have to say, Johnny Greenwood's score for Spencer was maybe one of the best that I've heard in in some time. That's next level, as far as I'm concerned. It's incredible, you know. And most most stuff that Jeff Barrow does. Is usually usually great, you know. You know, Gazelle Twin. I have a, you know, a Clint Mansell. A, you know, a, all of, all of these people are, are friends, you know, and um, we'll speak. And uh, I find I, I find it just great to see people in a position where they can do this, you know, and take it seriously. I was wondering, and I'm not sure if you'd be privy to this information at all, but do you know if the real Ted Kaczynski has seen this movie? I have absolutely no idea. More of a concern to me, though, is the um, uh, the people whose members of their family were killed. You know, that's that's more of a concern to me, as far as I'm concerned. But I, I mean, I'm not sure he'd watch it, and I'm also not sure that he would approve of the fact that an electronic musician was asked to score what they perceive as his uh, inner sonic viewpoint do you know what i mean i'm not sure he'd look too fondly on that what do you think is is more his speed <laughs> well i, I you, you know as it addresses in the film i feel like you would listen to a lot of like vivaldi and stuff like that you know i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't really approve of synthesized strings and such were you tempted at all to read any of ted k's manifesto before you started work on this music or was that completely separate in your mind from what you were doing I, I yeah I've I've not read it but I'm aware of the of of the nature of it of course I mean it'd be very hard not to be but um I I did make a conscious effort not to read it and I also made a conscious effort not to watch anything else about the Unabomber <laughs> you know because there have been a couple over the past couple of years and I wanted to take this 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 art form this piece of work for for what it's worth when considering um, the score and not come into it loaded with any preconceptions or any ideas of what I should be doing here. And, and I think, you know, if you approach something in that way, I feel like the results can very often be more honest than if you came to came to the table loaded already, you know? Yeah. So outside of the uh, projects that you can't really speak about, um, what do you have in the pipeline? Well, I mean, it, it's those at the moment, <laughs> you know, but they are scores, you know, there's a couple that I've been working on, you know, which started very soon after um, Ted K was finished, um, pretty much, you know, to, to the day. So um, 
I feel like uh, this, it, it has been my focus and, you know, really, really getting inside this way of working has, you know, it's, it's taught me a lot. And, you know, and, and, I, and I feel like that, that, that is what's been going on. You know, I'm always writing new Blank Mass Studio album stuff too. That's something that is going on as well at the same time. I have no idea and I can't put a date to when that's going to be finished. But also, um, I'm in no rush to throw something out, you know, <laughs> for the sake of it. Um, I, f- I feel that there is, there is time and that, that will uh, materialize when it's ready. And we look forward to it. Black Mass, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. That was Blank Mass talking to the faders Jordan Darville. Blank Mass's score for Ted K is out now via Sacred Bones. The Fader interview is engineered by Tony Giambroni. The executive producer is Alex Robert Ross, and the associate producer is Raphael Helfer. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate if you left a five-star rating and review. If you like listening to The Fader, good news. We're now on the live radio app, AMP. You can download it from the App Store and check out our shows with the access code FADERONAMP, all one word, all caps. And keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Fader Interview. Goodbye until then.